0: Genesis chapter 49, verse 22, and we're going to read the first portion of that, amen, that is where, amen, the scripture is on this morning, hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning about, from this subject, as they would say, preaching this morning, from this thought, from this subject, the secret of a satisfied life. Hallelujah. How many of you are satisfied with where you are in life? I see more children, all right. Okay, well, we're going to get there now. That's just a rhetorical question. What is the secret of a satisfied life? What is the secret of a successful life? And Pastor Dora, and I just, I figured out this morning, remember he said, why don't you put your hand in your pocket? Yeah. Remind me to tell you why I put my hand in my pocket, all right? I'm not, I'm not checking my wherewithal or any of that, but there's something to that, all right? All right, so even, if that's something that all of us, you know, uh, people are always looking for something bigger, something better, something greater something that is is not uh, as demanding uh, of them so that they can can kind of just cruise through life, you know, almost in neutral, if you will. Rabbis and ministers and gurus, philosophers, and just us plain old ordinary people throughout history have attempted to answer uh, that question, what is the secret of a satisfied life? But the Bible, however, is very clear, and it gives us this answer very succinctly. So let's look here in Revelation, and we're going to be moving through the Scriptures pretty rapidly. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. you have the same Bible I have. It's on page 1632. Amen. And there we read as thus, and you'll find it there before you, uh, there on the video screen. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So that's the key, people of God. All things were created to please God, including you and me. Hello, somebody yeah we, we were created to praise him amen and to please him that's why that the Bible states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever now if you're like me there are folk that I love being around I love being in their company you know I mean just just enjoy just the whole fellowship and you know that that same like precious faith you know and when, you know, the, uh, your time with them has, has expired and it's time for you to go your way and for them to go their way, you know, you feel a little sad about that. But we can be in the presence of the Lord forevermore. Amen. And we can enjoy him forever. But if we exist to bring pleasure to God, the question then becomes, in my mind, is then how can we do that? How can we do it? So let's turn to St. John, chapter 15, and verse 8, page 1400. And this is what John says. He says, herein is my Father glorified. That's what Jesus said directly. And then he goes on to say that ye bear much fruit. So then when you bear fruit, when I bear fruit, when we bear fruit, then we glorify the Father. Glory be to God. And when we glorify the Father, then we fulfill the reason for our very existence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now, all of that being said, that brings me to today's text. At the end of his life. Jacob draws his attention, and ours again, to his son Joseph. And as I read more here in the book of Genesis, and I'm reading about the life of Jacob and the life of Joseph, there are just so many encouraging and interesting things here uh, in the word of God. So the scripture here in Genesis chapter 49, verse 22a, and we have that here on page 73. And it says here, Joseph is a fruitful bough. Yeah. So now that, to me, that is an interesting statement in and of itself. Because when we read in the Bible, and those of you that are students of the Word of God, you know that the Bible defines fruit in five very specific areas. So we're going to look at some of those areas on this morning, amen, and we're going to discover and delve into the secret of having a satisfied life. In Romans chapter 1, verse 13, It's on page 1464, and I'll give you just a few seconds to get that. Romans chapter 1, the first chapter of Romans, excuse me, verse 13, page 164. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, Now, the statement is not, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. It's now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, common, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto. Now, the Amplified Bible says, uh, I purposed to come unto you, But I was hindered and prevented that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Gentiles are those people that were other than those who were Jewish and of the Jewish nation. Now, Paul here is telling us hmm, that the winning of souls is fruit unto God. All right. Did you hear that again? Paul the Apostle tells us specifically that winning souls is fruit unto God. So now the question is, did Joseph win souls? The question is, did Joseph win souls? Yes, indeed. Joseph won souls and let me let me let me explain it to you so well I don't remember him ever having a revival or an altar call or any of those things so how in the world did he win souls he saved this whole family from the famine and the drought so anytime you share with your family your neighbors your friends your co-workers the good news of the gospel you're saving them from the drought in their own souls and from the fires of hell, All right. and when you do that, that means you are bearing fruit, yes. and in terms and in turn that pleases God. Yes. All right. Turn to Romans chapter six. We're there. Let's go over to uh, uh, chapter six of Romans, verse twenty-two. Hallelujah. be to God. Amen. People of God. Romans chapter 6 verse 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God ye have your fruit unto holiness and the in everlasting life. So now we see here now that soul-winning, as we've already established, amen, bears fruit, and that pleases God. But in this particular verse, this verse identifies holiness, holiness as a fruit. There it is. And I think that it is best epitomized by Joseph's flight from the advances of Potiphar's wife. We've heard the story over and over again. We know it by heart. And Joseph lived a holy life. And in fact, he was only one of two Old Testament, major Old Testament characters from whom the Bible says there is no recorded sin. That's saying something. And we heard a testimony. We heard a praise report a little earlier today. About some accusations that were hurled at particular individual, and after all said and done, there was a letter that came and said, There won't even be any of this at all, because all of those accusations were in fact ungrounded and they had no base at all. Yeah. And I commend the individual for not shooting back. Yeah. And I thank them very much because listen. I was about ready to set it on fire. I was about ready. Sure enough, was about ready to cut it loose, and I mean cut it loose. Y'all pray for me anyway. So, soul winning and saving people from the drought in their souls and from the fires of hell's—that bears fruit and it pleases God all right, living a life of holiness, amen, allows fruit to abound to you, and then ultimately you will receive everlasting life. So now in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17, Philippians chapter 4, verse 17, page 1541 if you have it. Everybody all right this morning? Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise and glory. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. Do we have it? Not because I, oh, I was told not to do that. Not because not, I was told not to do this. Hallelujah. But look, I can't help doing that. Amen. Hallelujah. When I get a little excited, so I'm going to just kind of put my hand in my pocket over here so I won't do that but that's not the reason I put my hand in my pocket not because I desire a gift but I desire fruit that may abound to your what everybody has an account look at somebody and say you have an account yes Yes, you do you do you do you do so now this particular verse that we've reading right here identifies, you don't want to hear this, right. tithes and offerings as fruit. He right. said, well, what does that have to do with Joseph and me discovering the secret of a satisfied life? Right. Well, Joseph gave more money. He gave more than money in Egypt, excuse me. Okay. Joseph gave his life. He had fruit that was abounding to his account. Colossians chapter 4, verses 1. Excuse me, that's what I said. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, page 1551. Stay over there in the New Testament. Hallelujah, glory be to God. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord, Unto all, read it with me. Unto all pleasing. So we ought to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Being what? Fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So now we see something else that's very interesting here. We see that Paul the Apostle says that Uh, good works are a fruit unto God good works now again let me ask you another question and I'm gonna this is an open book test so I'm going to give you the answer before you ask the question so the answer is yes okay (laughs) did Joseph do good works I gave you the answer and some of you said yes and we were kind of unsure of even the answer that I gave you yes yes Joseph did good works he saved an entire nation from starvation and how did he do it by storing up goods to distribute when they were needed Joseph did good works now Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 page 1599 Hallelujah. Lord, we be the guy. Page 1599, Hebrews 13 and 15. By him, therefore, let us offer, what? The sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We Bring, all right we bring the sacrifice you clap I can't clap you I need a. well wait a minute now who wants to be my designated clapper here on this morning I need somebody okay that's my clapping section back there everybody sister Janine and everybody back there my clapping section so when I point at you I want you to do this I want you to clap all right glory be to God hallelujah All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. There we go. Hallelujah. Oh. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God every now and then. Continually. Continually. That is, and they're telling us how we can offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to who his name, his name. Yeah. well glory be the God. now we okay <laughs> wait a minute now somebody's cheating over here I'm pointing over there some folk all right that didn't put their hand up and say they were not gonna clap started clapping so this thing is catching on like wildfire what's that thing they do now um, you know they do it over the internet Yeah, so we got a flash mob thing going on here then, all right? Praise God. We got a flash mob thing going on, and we're going to set the world on fire. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yes. So this verse here, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, (coughs) excuse me, it names Praise as a fruit. All right? All right? So praise is, a, is, is another form of fruit. So when Joseph came to Pharaoh with the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream, and remember he did that, this is what he did in Genesis chapter 41, verse 16. So if you have the same Bible, go to page 59. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1, 41, verse 16. Hallelujah. Glory oh, be to God. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Now watch it. He so so in effect, what we have here, now that you know may be kind of you know swirling around in your brain and say, well. I don't know what's happening here but this is what Joseph did when he was asked to interpret Pharaoh's dream well and he when he interpreted Pharaoh's dream Joseph directed all of his praise towards God and I'm telling you one of the secrets of a satisfied life is directing all of your praise to God because all the praise belongs to wait a minute now wait, wait, wait. this is not a union job now it's not it's not coffee break time it's not take time out from clapping you signed up you signed up for it alright so let's stay with it now so i have given you five areas here already whether you know it or not and these five areas in which Joseph was able to bear fruit, and he had fruit abounding in his account, they're so evident in Joseph's life. Now, let me just sum it up. Now, this is not the conclusion. I don't want nobody getting happy here. So I'm just saying. So let me sum this up for you. And I'm going to give you a a sixth New Testament reference that tells us about fruit. So now let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22 and verse 23. Amen. Page 1534. You probably don't even have to go to it because I know you know the scripture by heart. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Page 1534. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, now watch this, as defined by joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. Did you get it? Yeah. Let me say it again then. All right, because somebody on the SoundCloud might be spacewalking right now. So let me say it again for them. So the fruit of the Spirit is love as defined by joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self control. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen, somebody. That's why we tithe and give free will offerings. That's why we lift our hands in praise to God. That's why we share the good news of the gospel with other folk. So, with all of these qualities flowing through Joseph's life, no wonder Jacob said to Joseph, "Back to forty-nine and twenty-two 8. You are a fruitful bough. Now you might be thinking, well, thank you, I forgot to do it. You got it now, all right? Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, good for Joseph. Who does he think he is? And you may be thinking that, and you may be even thinking, but why should I be fruitful? I'm doing everything that I know how to do. I think I'm doing everything that I think I'm supposed to do. So why can I, how can I be more fruitful? Well, let's find that out. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. Glory be to God. Mark chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 12 through verses 14. Page 1302. Hallelujah. And on the morrow. When they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Mm. Nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the... So then... If there's a chance of me being dried up from the roots, why should I even attempt to be fruitful? Why should we be fruitful? And I'm going to tell you why. Because if we as saints of God, if we don't satisfy Jesus, not only will we not satisfy anybody else, but you won't even satisfy yourself. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, and there are so many folk, unfortunately, that won't satisfy the Lord, won't satisfy anybody else, and they certainly are not even worthy of satisfying themselves. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So Jesus went out of his way to teach a powerful lesson in the cursing of this fig tree, and he said, whatever doesn't satisfy me, Will satisfy no one now listen to me people of God right here this is the part I really want you to tune into if you are not living to please God then your life will dry up by the roots from the surface below and from deep within and you will experience emptiness Frustration, depression, and a lack of satisfaction in your life. Mm. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. There was a reason for Joseph's fruitfulness. And the reason is, uh, as defined by the American Dictionary of the English Language, Noah Webster, 1828, All right, reason is, the definition of reason is the cause, grounds, or motive of anything that is said or done. Back in Genesis chapter 49 in our original text, uh, verse 22a, it says, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well. a fruitful bow, a fruitful bough by a well. Now, those of you that are very astute, you would know that if there's a tree, if there's a plant or anything that's ever planted, those roots always try to find their way to water. There you go. Turn to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 <laughs> through verses 8. Page 714, amen, hallelujah, glory be to God. And for those of you that are listening by SoundCloud over here, we're not swatting flies in here, or trying to kill mosquitoes in here, but uh, amen, hallelujah, we're doing our thing to the glory of God. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, one of my favorite scriptures. And I, that's just a message in and of itself. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate, day and night, period. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Glory be to God, hallelujah, oh we coming back strong, hallelujah, glory be to God. You see when you are that tree planted by the rivers of water, amen, you're going to be well tended to, you're going to be well watered, hallelujah, and your fruit will come forth in its season, your leaf won't wither, in everything that you do, it's going to be blessed. You are going to prosper, hallelujah. There is going to be an empowerment for you to prosper in every area of your life. John chapter 15, glory be to God, verses 1 and verse 2a, page 1400, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just to expedite time, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, you know, in, in, when for those of you ministers and people of God, when you are, are, are delivering a sermon or a message and you're standing before the people, one of the, one of the rules is don't talk a lot of Greek. Don't get into Greek definitions and Hebrew definitions of words and things of that matter because most people who are listening to the message of the sermon, they're not interested in that. The only thing they're listening for you to say is, well, I'm going to my seat. (laughs) But not right now. So the Greek word translated, taketh away, and I'm breaking that rule, is Iroh. And that's the same word that Jesus used when when it says that Jesus lifted up his eyes at the tomb of Lazarus. You can write that scripture down. John chapter 11, verse 14. Now, Iroh is always used in scripture to mean lift up. So therefore, in Jesus' analogy, in his explanation, what he's saying here in John chapter 15, verse 1, excuse me, Jesus is saying that the husbandman would lift up the branch which didn't bear fruit because the branches on the grapevine would sometimes grow real heavy and they would fall to the ground and get stuck in the mud. And that's just what Jesus does with us. When we are stuck in the mud, he lifts us up. So I'm telling everybody today. Don't be a stick in the mud. Hallelujah. Now we're going to stay right here in John chapter 15, and we're going to read the B part of verse 2 and verse 3. And then Jesus goes on and he says, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Hallelujah. So the Greek word translated purge, kathairo, comes from the word that we know in the English language. It's called catharsis. So kathairo means to wash. It means to clean. So again, in the analogy that Jesus is giving here, He's referring to the vine dresser who would come by and wash the mud off the branch that had fallen to the ground. So in order to amplify this, Jesus says, you are lifted up, you are washed off by the water of the word. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. But the key word here, the key is word, W-O-R-D. Then he goes on to say, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. So, just like Joseph, whose roots went into that well, if the word abides in you, you'll bring forth much fruit. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, just follow along here with me. Humor me here for a minute. Now, if Pastor Dora if she went out to the backyard and cut off a limb from the apple tree from the apple tree, excuse me, and said, "Got good news for you, Lynn. You no longer need to go to Produce Junction to get apples." I would be so happy. As he would say, "Well, here's a branch we're going to keep right here in the kitchen." I would begin to wonder about her. Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't you? You've been in my backyard. You know we don't have any trees in the backyard. One thing, right? None of our neighbors have apple trees either. So I begin to wonder about her. For those of you that didn't know, you'd begin to wonder about her, too. All right. And this is what I would think. You can't cut off a branch and have it bear fruit, we'd say. Why is that so? Somebody help me out. Ah, has no roots, and it has to be connected to the tree. It's, it's Now, this whole scenario, this whole conversation, this whole discourse that Jesus is having, it's as, it's as if Jesus says, the sap of the scriptures must flow from me to you in order for there to be fruit in your life. Right. That's a profound statement. So as I watch the apple tree bring forth apples, Never once have I seen the branches connected to the trunk of the tree, struggling to bear fruit. Not once. The branches just hang there. They just abide. And the fruit is produced naturally. God wants to produce supernaturally in your life. But you've got to stand on the word of God. You might decide it to be loving. You might decide to do good works or to praise the Lord in your own way and in your own energy. And you might be able to fake it for an hour or two or for a day or three. But ultimately, guess what? You'll come up empty. I got to do that myself. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You won't help me, I'll help myself. The only way to produce genuine fruit, people of God, morning by morning and day by day is to hang. Well, well wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me re-erase that. I don't want to say hang. But to do that is to stand there. You've got to stand in there. You've got to abide in Christ. And you have to allow the Holy Ghost to flow to you and through you. I want to tell you something, people of God. Fruit cannot be faked for very long. Salvation can't be faked for very long. Even your love of other folk can't be faked for very long. You've got to have the word of God in your life. So again, now I'm going to read back here, Genesis chapter 49, verse 22a. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Joseph, in fact, was so fruitful that even the next door neighbors, and I'm referring to the next door neighbors as all of Egypt, they were able to glean something from his life. You see, when we are fruitful, not only are we fulfilled, people of God, but our fruit extends over our own boundaries and it spills over to our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, and our families. Glory be to God. People of God, the key to satisfaction is really so simple. Be a fruit bearer. Because when you bear fruit, your life will be prosperous without question. When you bear fruit, there are going to be some folks that get jealous and envious of you. It'll call up, giving all kinds of unfounded reports and nasty things, casting in your windows and aspersions upon them. But you keep bearing fruit and keep walking in love. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we want to let the word of God abide in us. We want to have our devotions every morning. How many of you are having morning devotions? Yeah, yeah. Read the Word of God every night, every evening. How many of you do that every evening? Yeah, yeah. Practice His presence yeah. 24 hours a day. Yeah. Are we doing that? All right, now, all right. Get involved in Bible studies. Uh Uh-oh, hallelujah. Let the Word of God fill you up. Plant yourself by the well of the water of the Word. And when you do that, number one, God is gonna be glorified. Number two, others will be edified. And number three, you ultimately will be satisfied.